Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready to listen to the best music podcast ever? ever. Available on six platforms, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Store, Spotify, and more. You're listening to the When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast with James Cox and Blake Mosley. Fell. Music Speaks interview. Hey, everybody. Welcome to When Words Fail, Music Speaks. Uh, my name is Blake. I am joined uh, with uh, James Cox here. Um, and we have a special interview for you today. Um, I've been friends with this guy uh, since we were teenagers. Uh, we stayed in, uh, stayed in touch over the years. And then lo and behold, he goes and marries one of my cousins. So you could say that we're related now. Um, he plays guitar for his band Fangs, and they just released an EP called STFU. Ladies and gentlemen, I welcome you, Mr. Travis Gettings. What's up? What is up, man? Hey, Not Travis. a whole lot, Ian. Doing the, uh, doing the things, the stuff. Things and stuff. <laughs> things and stuff. That's um. Awesome. I thought it was good to do things and stuff. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that actually means, but there's all of stuff. stuff. Yeah, things and stuff. <laughs> so, Your uh, microphone sounds incredible, by the way. Yes, thank you. Uh, I, tr- I try. So, <laughs> so which microphones are you working with now? Who, me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have a Shure SM7B that runs into a cloud lifter, which is like a... It's like an inline boost. It really brings out a whole lot of a whole lot out of dynamic microphones. Mm-hmm. So you can keep the gain low, keep a lot of like environmental sounds out. Right. And then I'm running that into like a little mix board, but anytime I like track with it, I use a Scarlet 2i2. Okay. Well, well, it sounds like Jeez. you got the big boys, you know. The big yeah. time stuff. Yeah, so you, yeah. Uh, yeah, so um. Uh, first of all, uh, you're married to Blake's Brosleys here at the Born and Born Fail Music Speaks podcast. He's known as Brosley. So you were married to his cousin, right? Yes. So tell me how uh, how did it, I mean how did you come to meet Brosley? Yeah how did we, um, how, how did you how did you meet my cousin? Yeah, I still remember <laughs> that story. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um. I was, um, her and one of her coworkers when she was working at uh, Colonial. Mm-hmm. Um, I had known her friend for like my entire life. Like we went to church together and stuff like that. And then like sure. they, she introduced us, and the rest is history. You know. Oh, nice. Did you know that we were related at the time? Uh, when we first met, no, but it came up pretty quickly. Okay. okay. So I was like, nice. oh, cool. Just that was just like confirmation and the cherry on top. Right. And I understand that. 
Right. So did uh, did she tell you that her cousin <laughs> plays in the band or something? Is that how you finally realized it was it was Blake? It was actually through um Miss Stella because like oh yeah yeah that's how we kind of put two and two together. That's nice. right. I forgot that you yeah. knew Stella too. So for those of you who don't know who Stella is, uh, Stella is basically like my second mother. Okay. Um, and uh, so Stella. She's a- like she's everybody's second mother. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. She's a nice um, old so lady. She, right? <laughs> very, very nice lady. She yeah. like started like keeping me whenever my mom went back to work after she had me. I was six weeks old whenever Stella started like babysitting me. Right. And yeah. I was over at Stella's house every day after school until I could drive. So spent a lot oh, of time wow. over there. Yeah. So I forgot that you knew Stella. That's right. That's right. Yes. Um, um, that, that's I grew crazy, up, I grew up in that church with her and yeah. uh you know and uh neat that's that's how we put it together that's how the the um the the blocks of information <laughs> yeah, came yeah. Uh, yeah. but I, I guess we knew each other like even back in high school because oh yeah now you went to you went to Wilson Hall yeah um, and then I did not go to Wilson Hall. People are shocked that I went to Wilson Hall. Let's be honest. Um, but, um, my cousin Troy went yeah. to Lawrence Manning, and um, I hung out with him and his friends a lot. Mm-hmm. And we always ended up like at stuff at Dale's house, right? With uh, yep. Travis Curry as well. Yeah, yeah. I think that's I know how Travis, I yeah. met you. Was yeah. It seems like it seems like everybody knows Travis Curry as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's a really good guy. Yeah, yeah. But I yeah, I remember back Actually, in the day going over to Dale's house, and and I think that was where I first met you, um, because I did not go to Lawrence Manning, but I had tons of friends that went there, and yeah. uh, we hung out a lot. And I actually, when I first started taking guitar, like when I first started learning guitar, I took lessons with Travis Curry. So it's, that's yeah. right. Yeah. We have such right. a small, like, it's the, like the six degrees of separation here <laughs> in our yeah. area. It's more like two or three. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Everybody is connected somehow. That's right. For real. It's crazy. So, yeah. So, Travis, um, we, we know that you're a, musician uh and you do play guitar but can you tell me what is your earliest music memory that you that you can remember oh man there's a there's a couple um i remember like way back when i was like a little kid like listening to the aaron carter cd (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah and then at one point especially that got me more into the music i listen to and kind of play now is um I was at Kmart one time with my mom and I found this CD in the rock section. It was, it was corn's take a look in the mirror. I was like, this looks spooky. Yeah. Yeah. And my mom not knowing anything about music was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Right. (laughs) I remember listening to that on like a walk, man. And I was like, this is the heaviest thing I've ever heard in my life. Like this is sick. I was like, this is terrifying, but I kind of like it. And then (laughs) now I, I, have multiple seven string guitars. So yeah, nice. That's it, it's got to start somewhere. Yeah. Interested in extended range guitars, especially. Yeah. Well, um, when did you, when did you start playing guitar? Uh, I want to say like maybe when I was like 13 or 14, like 
late middle school, early high school, probably. And that carried on all the way through my first couple years of college. Right. So a good solid amount of time. But um, then I put it down for a while for probably about five years. Yeah. And then Jordan was like, because I had like a blue, like a, I still had an acoustic guitar I would mess around on, but like mm-hmm. I didn't have the same passion in that span of time. And Jordan was like always kind of pushing me to pick it back up. And yeah. uh, I don't know how she feels about it now with all the <laughs> how expensive it is, but <laughs> it's well, uh, you, you got, uh, I, I remember you had a few different things going on. Um, it seems like since I've known you, you've had, you've had a heavy stuff, uh, social media presence. Um, whether that was your powerlifting stuff a few years ago. Yeah. Um, and then all your, your, uh, your streaming that you were doing the Twitch streaming. Um, yes. and, uh, and then it, it evolved into this music, uh, this music career that you're, that you're doing now. And it's, uh, it's been interesting to watch like how you've progressed with that. It's so interesting because you know so much about it and I don't, and I'm like asking you questions constantly. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's interesting going through it too. Cause I've had to learn a lot of stuff through Google and YouTube, which luckily we live in a time where it's easy to learn these things. But like, right. it's like when I, when I put guitar down for those years, it's always like I was trying to find something, something else to mm-hmm to fit in that space. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. I just, I just put guitar back in that space pretty much, but nice. like yeah. I still enjoy video games. And the big thing with streaming now is like, I mean, I live next door to your mom. Like we just don't have the bandwidth. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know right. what it is yeah. out here. We just like, cause I've been, especially lately, I've been playing this new online multiplayer game called Valorant. It's like a, 5v5 bomb defusal kind of like counter-strike type thing yeah i cannot do a live stream and play an online game at the same time because the ping is too high right yeah it is like it's it's something it's something i would like to do and like to pick back up again but it's just not feasible mm -hmm. right now but but real (laughs) but 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 for real you don't need a wi-fi to play you play a guitar so that's that's good you know yeah not at all yeah it's Um, a when you submit music for distribution, it does take a little while. Yeah, but. yeah. yeah. So, so um, <laughs> earlier you stated that you have a plethora of guitars. So what was the very first guitar you ever owned, and what year did you get it? Ooh, I don't know the year. Um, everything's all kind of vague. Right. But um, I had this, like, I think it was called, like, a Johnson. It was, like, a Strat clone starter guitar. Mm-hmm. Nice. It was, like... It's, it had a really nice finish. It was like this deep, deep, like red translucent wood mm. grain with yeah. the, you know, like, normal kind of strap pit guard. Like but, kind of like a maroon red. Yeah. 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 And, uh, nice. And uh, I think everybody has had that guitar. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. yeah. Troy <laughs> actually had one that was, it was just solid bright red, but it was mm. another strat clone type thing. And do you yeah. still have the guitar or did you like, was it like very old and you had to, you know? Oh yeah, I have it. It's okay, at my nice. dad's house. I nice. don't think it functions. Oh. <laughs> I, know where, still I know exactly yeah. where it still is. There, right? It's a nice yeah. decorative piece. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good old paperweight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so I know you took lessons from Travis, uh, our buddy Travis Curry. Um, but is he the one that originally taught you how to play guitar? Oh yeah, like I got a guitar. I told, and then I told my parents I wanted to take lessons because like YouTube wasn't a thing. And then you had, we had Ultimate Guitar with tabs. But if you don't know what you're doing, you don't know how to read tabs either, right? Or music. So yeah, I was like, oh, this is cool and all, but like, can I take some lessons? Like, right? <laughs> you know, need some guidance, yeah, some yeah. basic knowledge, you know? Yeah. And I've since yeah. like taken some like a little more advanced, like not advanced, but like a little more intermediate toward advanced lessons over Skype and stuff like that. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> so learn a lot of like the, the in-depth, but also boring things that help you become a better writer as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if you were to teach anybody how to play guitar, what, which three chords, uh, would you teach them? Well, I am a horrible teacher. I've oh. tried to teach them how to play guitar. <laughs> right. before, I would probably show them a lot of like the basic open chords, like E, D, right. A, all that stuff. And then like yeah. you know, power chords. And I would probably go from power chords to scales, like major and minor scales, minor. because they're, it's a good, it's always a good like starting point when you're, trying to write original music and understand how other people's music is structured. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, well, when you, uh, are going into like heavy metal or rock and roll type music, I think it's, it's, it's very, um, uh, uh, used that you, that you would learn the power chords first, right? Because power chords are the, are like the basis of the metal song, you know, right? Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, like um, especially because, like, especially with like low tunings and stuff, mm-hmm. you play a lot more. It's a lot easier to come up with something cool, in my opinion, in a drop tuning. Like, say, yeah, because it sounds more heavier, you know. Yeah, yeah, and you can play power chords with one finger. And right. It's like, like I was bummed out when the new Knock Loose album came out, and I found out it was mm-hmm. all an A standard, and when. <laughs> All of Corns is an A standard. I'm like, I don't like playing standard tuning. How like, dare you? <laughs> Why are you the way that you are? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, who would you say inspires you most as a musician? Currently or? Uh, let's both. Do, yeah, both. both. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go currently. Um, Like when I'm trying to feel a vibe for our songs, I'm going to go with uh, All. Of the catalog from the Acacia Strain. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it's just, it's slower tempo, heavy. They're the last band I saw before all this mess started. Yeah. So, (laughs) and then, um, Knock Loose, of course. Um, They're probably my Knock Loose, Body Snatcher, Traders. Um, A lot of more of the, like, kind of how hardcore is coming back into the forefront a lot of right. like even like older hate breed and then like kubla Khan, yeah who i slept on for a long time those guys are insane and yeah then I, had, like, I discovered them on a pandora it was a traders uh traders pandora station nice. and uh they they popped up and i was like these guys like what where have they been and it was it was incredible man it's just yeah 
heavy, chunky, just like everything that I love about heavy music rolled into oh, one it's thing. So, it's just so gross. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then, like varials, but they got canceled. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Boundaries, boundaries, blood bather, Jesus peace, all these like anything you would find on. Yeah. Anything you would find on hate five, six, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I love, I love the hate five, six video. Like especially the, what's the band, the running man. uh, Oh, um, harm's way, harm's way. way, Now those videos and, and James, (laughs) I'm sure you've seen them, but it's like a video of this like buff shirtless dude singing for a hardcore band but they have overlapped yes. the actual track with All millions of, of songs i think i saw it on your on one of your um social media accounts like uh maybe well, instagram or something i don't know it's something like that yeah so there's an there entire has been, facebook page dedicated to yeah <laughs> dedicated to those videos and right. it's so funny because there's a ton of songs and when i first saw the first two i was like that's funny and then it kind of they kind of ran out because the songs didn't really line up. I think it's funnier when the songs match up perfectly. But yeah. So, nice. um, but, but my favorite one will forever be uh, the Celine Dion. My heart will go on. I saw that one. Yeah. Because they yeah. slowed the video down as soon as he starts, and it's just it's perfect. And it, as soon as he goes into his Running Man uh, yeah. gig, it's like the music slows it's way good. down, and it's just that powerful song. <laughs> kicks in it's just hilarious it's too perfect man it's so great too perfect and james we've got to we've got to add uh when we do these interviews we've got to add a question and i didn't think about it until travis just said it but like and i saw a post today on a facebook group a a music facebook group it was like what was everyone's last concert before yeah covid i I was i was okay so I was just about to ask him that. Um, so you yeah. said you met Arcadia Strain, right? For the last concert. Oh, yeah. Okay. So this one was insane. Oh, go yeah. ahead. My bad. So, so, so did you actually meet the guys after the show? Because I always try to meet them, you know, and I'll tell you a little story after I hear your response though. But yeah. Um, oh yeah. Um, Devin, the, um, uh, Devin and their bassist. I can't, his name escapes me right at this moment, mm-hmm. but, um, they've, they've changed a lot of members recently. Hey, too. yeah. Yeah. Um, they were actually sitting like Blake, you've been, to, have you, have you both been to MBT, right? Yes. 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 Um, you know how they have that bench where they set up merch tables in the back. Right. Um, yeah. Devin and their bassist were chilling there like all night. Oh, nice. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. And um, then, of course, Vincent always hangs out at the merch booth and gets pictures with people. Right. Um, I actually met, I've met Darius from Spite. Yeah. Uh, Tyler and Alan from Traders. So cool. And, I love uh, Traders, man. Dude, I, I, you still need to see this guitar. It's cool. <laughs> um, and, well, yeah, Vincent. Um, but it was like that concert was crazy because New Brooklyn, they'll do like five bands at a time. So right, it was like right. that Sunday night before, I can't remember the opening band, but we saw Bloodline. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was some opening band from Greenville, Bloodline, Thousand Below, O Sleeper, and Bad Omens. And then that o Wednesday, I went, yeah. Sleep. Yeah. O yeah. Sleeper is amazing. Yeah. Bad Omens Live. Big time, bring me the horizon vibes. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. yeah, they're so good. Um, 
And then the next one, when I saw Casey Strain, it was like uh, Fuming Mouth, Creeping Death, a Chamber, mm-hmm. who I'm now a huge fan of. I'd never heard of him before that. Right. <laughs> um, rotting Out and a Casey Strain. Okay. That's what I love about going to shows, man, especially like. Like get there early, get there to see the openers because it could yes. be your, it, it could change your life. You may fall in love with the band because you, you gave them a chance. I'll tell you this. I would not have gotten into let live had it not been for going to see August Burns red in Charleston a few years ago with my buddy, Rob. I don't know if you guys know Robert Rogers or not, but um, I met him a uh, couple times. Yeah. He, you know, good buddy of mine, been friends for a very long time. Uh, and uh, we, we used to like to go to concerts back when we, <laughs> before everything shut down. But a few years ago, we saw August Burns Red in Charleston. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, Silverstein played with that uh, on that, that bill as well. Um, Texas in July, back when they were around. Um, oh. And then uh, th- there was this band that opened for them called Let Live. I'd never heard of Let Live ever before. Um, I was in line to buy a t-shirt in the Silverstein line and I heard this band start and I, I, I like had to get out of line to go see what was going on. Cause it was just chaotic. And yeah, I was like, how chamber is. it's just incredible, man. Like the, the singer had so much energy and, uh, you know, for people, for those of you who don't know, know who let live is but you are familiar with the band fever 333 that is his band um so after let live fizzled out uh the lead singer jason started a a band with uh the drummer from night verses and one of the guitarists from the chariot uh and now they are known as fever 333 and if you don't know who that is i would say that they are like a modern day rage against the machines the best way i can describe okay yeah they're they're insane they're great. Absolutely. But I love supporting the opening band because it could absolutely change your life. I have gotten into so many bands by going early to the show. Don't go just to go see the one band, go support your local bands and go support the openers. They, they need just as much love and attention as the headliner. Yeah, for sure. I want to tell you this story before we get to our next question. Um, I know, I, I know you've heard of, uh, but, but he missed, um, Travis and I'm pretty sure yes. you do too, Blake. Um, mm-hmm. but when I saw him with Cannibal Corpse, it was so hot, and this one was like ground zero, and it was so hot, so I went outside to talk to, and I was just, uh, you know, outside because it was, you know, so cool outside, and I ran into Paul, uh, the, the, um, the Cannibal Corpse drummer, and then that's when I nice. found out he, he was a farmer at... <laughs> After he has like yeah he has like some pigs and stuff on his ranch it was it was awesome you know finding wow. that out yeah but then after <laughs> but then after Behemoth played I got a chance to meet all, the the whole band besides Seth which is just two people um yeah Nargo and uh, Orion and all I could say was I like your show a lot I I, I, I couldn't say anything else but I like your yeah. show a lot you know because um uh, when you meet these these um. These uh, bands in real life, you forget that um, you know how how big how tall they are in real life, and you're like uh, yeah. you know, because it's you get starstruck, right? Yeah, so absolutely, yeah. And that's happened to me. I saw 
with Travis Curry, actually, uh, and Dale, uh, funny enough. So (laughs) one time, many moons ago, I went to New Brooklyn to go see uh, Norma Jean was the headliner headlining band playing at New Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. It was the second time that I saw them. Um, But the craziest thing, the band that opened for them was in this moment. And it was before they were before they blew up on like modern rock radio stations in this moment, open for Norma Jean in like 2010, 2011. It was something like that. Yeah. And like, if you've ever seen them at like a festival or within their last few years, like their production quality has gotten amazing. Like they're such a, they have like, they have backup dancers and they're very like animated (laughs) and they have like all this stuff. So like picture, for those of you who know what New Brooklyn Tavern in Columbia, South Carolina looks like, it's the smallest stage in the entire world, but it's yeah. like one of the coolest you music will venues. Get kicked in the head. You, you will. You right. absolutely will. Yeah. And I'm, in this moment, open for Norma Jean, it was the craziest thing. And then I saw them at Carolina Rebellion a few years later, and I was like, holy crap, that's the same band? But yeah. uh, anyway, I w- we were leaving. I went to that show with Travis Curry and with Dale DeBose. And we were leaving and we walked through the back to go to the parking lot to leave. And there was all the dudes from Norma Jean just sitting outside, you know, smoking cigarettes and drinking and everything. Right. And it was like, we all like stopped in our track. <laughs> Travis was like, Holy crap, let's go talk to him. Yeah. And I'm like, no, let's go. I, I, I'm, I'm nervous. I don't want to go. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, so Travis yeah. like went up and started talking to them and they, you know, we didn't get any pictures or anything, but I just, I didn't know what to say other than, Great show, man. Right. Great show. Yeah. <laughs> Great yeah. show, dude. I like yeah. your misfit shirt. Right. <laughs> there, uh, and that's a cool thing about this music scene specifically. Like, a lot of the people in the bands, no matter like how big they get, are super mm-hmm. duper. Oh yeah. Back. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, like when I saw, uh, we actually met Noah from Bad Omens too. I've missed cool. that one. He complimented my knock loose shirt. Nice. <laughs> yeah i have nice. a cool knock loose story too we were um when we went to see knock loose in that august i think last august mm-hmm. um we missed some of the opening bands because i went with jordan and how dare you i'm the punctual i'm the punctual one so <laughs> if i go by myself i'll be there like an hour early but like right. well then how dare uh, she right it'd be like mm-hmm. that but um <laughs> This uh, couple noticed my shirt and like they were an older couple with a younger, uh, younger girl, probably like a little younger than us. And um, like maybe like 22. I don't know. Um, And they were just talking to us while we were walking up to the venue and um, walk in and Cole from Knock Loose is standing right there. Oh, sweet. It was Cole's girlfriend and her family. Oh, nice. oh. <laughs> so it's just like that's awesome yeah and, oh and by the way um so the last concert that i went to before everything shut down i went with brian uh to go see hawthorne heights and emory um in uh at the senate in columbia mm-hmm. um we did the vip thing um we, me and Allie got that for brian as a birthday present right and so we met we met hawthorne heights and emory and they did an acoustic uh, set like for all the VIP people that signed up or whatever. They did a Q and A and oh, yeah. take a picture with them and all that stuff. So that was it was fun. But the drummer f- 
for Hawthorne Heights was uh, checking tickets at the door, which I didn't realize he was playing drums for them because they they got rid of their old drummer. Right. So, but he was definitely rocking a sweet, not loose T-shirt. Um, and I figured you would appreciate that. Yeah. Dude, that's all you have to do to make friends in this music scene now is just wear an Oculus t-shirt. People yeah. will talk to you. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, have uh, y'all heard of the band called The Wedding Band? Yes. I, I know you have, Blake, because I told you about it. I know I yes. But, right, but Travis, have, have you heard of that, about that band? I have not. Okay, so have to look into that. that was the last band that I saw before all this virus started. So what The Wedding Band is, it's it's, it's a cover band that plays nothing but 80s, um, well, bad wedding songs. Hence the name, The Wedding Band, right? <laughs> so, nice. Uh, it was Kirk Hammett, um, guitar, of course. Um, the guy from um, Ugly Kid Joe, the singer. I forgot, I forget his name, it's in my mind. Doc from Bad Wolves and the drummer from uh, Queensland's Stone Age. So, I actually met oh. Kirk, I, I actually met Kirk Hammett, the... the, the the morning before, because I, because he was talking at the at the at the uh, uh, Columbia um, uh, Museum here, you know, p- p- promoting all of his monster yeah. memorabilia. Yeah, he had like an art show or something, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's what, yeah, but uh, yeah, but that's the wedding band, and they just do co- like like awesome covers, you know. Nice. But yeah. So, um, sorry, but well, so we know you are in a band called Fangs, um. How many bands were in before this one, and how did things get started? Um. Well, me and uh, me and some buddies used to get in. Tried to start a band in high school, but like we faced some adversity that Fangs is facing now. We couldn't find a drummer back then, and I think well, that was probably middle school, so that was probably even before I met Blake. But like. Um, yeah. This is really yeah. the first real solid effort where we've actually put something out. Okay. And it's um, it's just like it's so much easier nowadays to put music out. Like, like if you're not super interested in playing live shows, which we are, and we're actively looking for a drummer, but if you're, if you just want to make music and put it out, it's so much easier these days. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, this is pretty much the, my first real venture at a band. Mm-hmm. And where did you get the name things from? That's an awesome name, by the way. I was just like, um, our vocalist, he breathes like boas, like actual snakes. Right. And like, I like one word band names. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I also like... I think wolves are really cool and they also have fangs to extent. So I was like, all right, fangs, that's the name. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and then I pitched it and he was like, yeah, cause that was initially it. We were just like, Hey, let's make, cause like, I can't remember. I found, I found Jake through like a Facebook group. I was like, Hey, I need a vocalist for a project. And we got to talking and became good friends. And now we're trying to make it like an actual thing. Instead of just like an internet project, so yeah. So, um, so your your EP is out. It's called STFU. Um, I don't know what that stands for. I'm just yeah, kidding. you do. <laughs> <laughs> we all know what it stands um, for. <laughs> um, but uh, 
so your EP is out. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Music, correct? All that. Yeah, all pretty much pretty much everything. Um I know DistroKid uh they I didn't know this, but they suggest you submit it within like like four weeks before the release date. So it's been taking a yeah. little bit longer to really populate everywhere. I think I got an yeah. email right. yesterday that it was on Napster. So like Napster. Oh, don't dude. Is that still around? Don't yeah. let Metallica know that. Oh no, don't yeah. <laughs> no, it's legit now. Okay. <laughs> don't tell Lars. Okay. He gets pissed. Yeah. <laughs> um well do you guys have a do you have any plans to release a full length by the end of the year or maybe sometime next year or anything like that? I my challenge and my vision was to release at least another five songs before the end of the year. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. It, <laughs> so then, so then it will be a full fledged album. Uh, we were gonna do. We were just gonna do several EPs in a row, just because it's like, especially with how the music industry is now and how like. DIY hardcore is now. Yeah. Um, it's so easy to just pump things out when you can. Yeah. Because we live in a world where, I mean, I'm pretty against like instant gratification. I like to take yeah. my time with things, but like, right. you want to keep a constant flow of material. Yeah. Now, yeah, that's, like, and that's the thing to do. Like, you're, there's a lot of bands doing that. They just, Instead of pull, putting out a, a full length, it's just it's so much easier to just put out a few songs, uh, just do some EPs and kind of spread it out throughout the year. Yeah. Um, and then like, Emory did that. You know, they, they would go, they would release like a new song every week. Um, and like the, those guys, the way that they, they've been doing all their stuff, they do a Sunday night uh, live stream show um, called Are You Listening? And I haven't had a chance to check it out. Nice. But, you know, they premiere songs on there for people that are v- tuning in. They'll write songs while they're streaming mm. um, and re- go through the whole recording process. So they were turning out these songs like once a week wow. yeah. and, uh, until they released their full length album. But it was cool because if you had early access, you could basically go ahead and have the full album before it even came out. Right. So it's oh, just yeah. with so, the Internet and with everything else, that's just the way to do it. man. So, so those songs that they recorded before the full link, were they all actually on the full link album also or just different songs? The ones I made? No, they no, were the, just, the, um, no, the ones that Blake is talking oh, about. Oh, the ones Emery. Yeah. Okay. Um, what like, was the question? I'm sorry. I was reading through my notes here. Oh, oh, oh okay. So the, uh, the the songs that uh, they released before the full length album were they also on the full length after it came out? Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. So it was it was like they were releasing an album or an, uh, a single a week, and you know they would they would go ahead and have it on Apple Music, and so I would go ahead and download it. Right. Um. And then, <laughs> so like I didn't realize that's what they were doing. So I had like twelve singles by Emery that were all new, and then the actual album got dropped, right. and I was like. This is so disorganized, <laughs> and it killed me. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but yeah, it was like all the songs they were releasing just ended up becoming the the full length, and um, right. it's uh, and it's very good. I would suggest everyone go listen to it. The, the whole thing is yep. like, oh my bad. No, no, no. Go ahead, um, go ahead. It's it's a lot easier for like established bands to drop full length albums because like they already have a fan base. But for like yeah. especially smaller projects, like. 
here, have this, have this, have this, have this, and just right. create a flow and a volume to keep people interested and kind of build that audience. Yeah. So right. you could release a full length. Yeah. yeah. So Travis, if you could play any other instrument besides guitar, uh, what would it be and why? Um, I'm going to be all, all of the instruments you can pick from. I'm going to pick drums just because like... I think they're cool. They mm. sound cool. Every time I look at a drum kit, I'm like, I could probably figure this out. And then I sit down at it, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> well, lucky enough for you, I have a guy who can tra- who can teach you how to do it for free. His name is Bruce Lee. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Dude. So free advertisement. <laughs> for a I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> so for a brief period of time, I did give lessons um to oh, a really? few yeah, for uh, I, it, it was just kind of like, I don't know, kind of under the table type thing. Um, I would, yeah. uh, I would, you know, it was people I went to church with uh, at my old church. I would, you know, I was like, I'm really busy and uh, I, I would love to teach them because I was approached by their parents and was like, can you, they, they really want to learn. And it was like, a, I'm really busy. I don't really have a lot of time to do it. But I have to be here for practice at this time. If they can come 30 minutes early, I'll get here 30 minutes early and I can try to do a lesson with them. So I did that for a few people. Um, Sometimes it worked out great and sometimes it didn't work out too great. Right. (laughs) But uh, I, you know, whenever me and Allie first met, it was um, it was at the Irish Festival and it was the band I was playing with at the time was playing. That was where I met her. Uh, then we started dating. Then she joined the band. Then I proposed a year later at mm. that at that gig, the same that gig. That was cool. And um, that was that was the intention. Whenever I started thinking about proposing, I was like, I, I met her at the Irish Festival. I was playing in a band. She was in the crowd. She's now in the band. I'm going to propose to her on stage. Right. So that was how I did it. But um, whenever we first started dating, we talked about like she wanted to learn how to play drums and naturally I'm trying to impress the girl. So I'm like, Oh, psh, I'll teach you how to play drums. It's no, no biggie. <laughs> of course, I'll sit know? down yeah. and show you how to do that. Yeah. And, uh, I, I've taught her like two different things, but I haven't had anywhere to set my drums up in like two years. Right. So we're working on that. I got a drum shed that I'm, I got to clean out and actually get done. But she reminds me almost weekly that I still have not really sat down and played and taught her how to play drums mm. since we've been together. Right. So when so. you when you showed her how to play drums for the first time, did you teach her the Phil Collins in the air tonight? You know, I, I taught <laughs> I taught her that, and I oh, did you okay? <laughs> all right, just you have to. Yeah, it's like right, a must. Yeah, yeah, you got to. Right. And I definitely don't have a seven piece kit like Phil Collins has. So no. I was like, no. you gotta, you kind of have to wing it, but. Um, no, I taught her the basics. And what's crazy is she, she picked it up so fast. And I was like, if I sat here and actually like taught her a few more things, she would actually be a great drummer. Yeah. I just have to do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't gotten around to it, but lo and behold, there's a drum shed in the works uh, behind my house. And eventually I will get that done. Allie, if you're listening to this, I promise it's coming. (laughs) Um, you don't have something. to remind me. That's right. That's actually one thing we're looking for, like, cause we've been looking at houses too. Yeah. 
is looking for like a shed or a spare building back there. But. Right. Yeah. That's that was in our that was in our plans too. And luckily the first house we checked out had a shed in the backyard. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. This is my so, just gotta clean it out and run some electricity to it. And I'm gonna I'm gonna try to go all out and like mic everything. I wanna actually make videos, make drum covers like I used to do, but with like better quality this time. Right. Um but we'll and, and I'm probably gonna come to you, Travis, for advice mm-hmm. on that Sound. whole deal. Right, yeah. <sighs> I'll do my best. Because I would, that's one thing I would like to learn is how to mic up and mix a live drum kit. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. But um we'll have to collaborate. We, yeah. For sure. So Travis, if you could collaborate with any musician dead or alive, who who would it be? <sighs> I know that's a hard one, isn't it? <laughs> that is a hard one. Yeah. Um, honestly, somebody musicianship-wise that I've looked up to for for near my whole life is probably Dave Grohl. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes, sir. So I know it's kind awesome. of center left of what I do, but like I would, I feel like I could learn so much about writing music from him. Yeah. Yeah he's an incredible musician. Like everything about that guy is just so interesting. He's just so good at everything. Yes. I don't understand it. I recently, it's it's incredible. I recently saw a YouTube uh, video and, and he says that, uh, uh, well, well, it's, it's been 25 years since his first album came out. Um, entitled, I think it's called just Foo Fighters. Yes. Uh, he said, looking back, looking back at that, album today it still feels like a demo to him i'm like that's not a demo dude that's a that's an amazing point you know a masterpiece right especially since yeah. he did the whole thing by himself, himself. yeah like, by him whole, yeah. yeah yeah that's amazing it's not that like now where i can good. where i can pull like drum midi in or something and right. loop it until i find a guitar yeah yeah it's, it's like. there's a documentary about them and i, I cannot remember the name of the documentary and james i think we've talked about it before um but I think uh, I it's on about, netflix I it on dvd somewhere yeah. it's it's incredible man and like, like him talking about like the drummer that they had um and uh so the drummer that they had originally <laughs> played for uh sunny day real estate um which yeah. is where their bassist came from too right. uh which is a great as far as emo History goes, Sunday Real Estate was like the pioneers of emo music that, as we know it today. Um, but uh, he just did, he just couldn't cut it, man. That wasn't Dave Grohl knew what he wanted, and it was the color and the shape. He retracted everything. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yep. Just yeah. like went in there and just redid the whole thing. Just incredible. Um, and uh, but he knows what he wants, and if he's not getting it, he's gonna find a way to get it. It's yeah. like, like yeah. Michael Jackson was the same way. Oh like, yeah, he that uh, this is it documentary, right? And like t- to hear how in tune he was with the band that was playing. Like he he didn't just get, get up there and performed. He was out there watching everything unfold, and if it w- wasn't quite what he was hoping for, he he would work with them until they got, he was like, this is, this is how it's got to be. But he wasn't a jerk about it. Like no. he was just like, this is, this is what is going to make the show and we're, we're going to nail it. And he was like encouraging. It was cool. It was cool to watch. That seems to be like a, like a super common thing with people that rise to the top of their craft. Like, yeah. Cause Michael Jordan, and Kobe Bryant are the same way. Yeah. 
I know it's like sports, but it's it it's just like it's, it's just crazy still, how yeah. super successful people in their craft and their field have these these traits. Right. Absolutely. Um, well, uh, the last question we got for you, uh, kind of brings it all home, I guess. What was, what was your first concert that you ever went to? Oh man. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was like, <laughs> it was like a youth group trip to see, uh, mm-hmm. Mercy Me and like audio. Nice. That's a good band. Yeah. Them. yeah. Yeah. That's a really and then, band. uh, I think my first like non-Christian concert was, um, Dirk Bentley, surprisingly. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Being country artist. Cool, man. Yeah. Was it a uh, was it Winter Jam by chance that you went to? It wasn't. It was something in Florence. Oh. Uh, uh, okay. In Florence, but I have been to Winter Jam my fair share of times. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like everyone that I know that uh, um, that either played in church at one period of time or is currently still playing in a worship band or anything like that. When you talk about your first concerts, it's like the first thing that comes out of their mouth is winter jam. When you're jam. And like, like just rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Like, yeah, I saw Toby Mac and so-and-so and I'm like, Oh God. And, but I will admit <laughs> that I think my first concert as well was uh winter jam. Uh, like yeah. th- I think third day played. Um, and before they were okay so i know the newsboys have been around for forever um but before the newsboys as we know them today with the singer that they have today at one time he was in dc talk but after dc talk he had a solo project michael tate is his name and the band was just called tate and i remember they played at that winter jam show i believe that was my first concert um, oh wow! So it was it it was weird. I'll have to like go back and see if I can find any music videos or something from that brief period of time, like that was post DC Talk, pre Newsboys, when that guy was in that band. But uh, I had no idea who DC Talk was, though. Surprisingly, uh, right? Um, but uh, I remember a milkshake got dropped from the balcony that was above me onto my head <laughs> i know and i was so mad yeah and i was in like third grade or fourth grade or something like that i can't remember but uh it was just like infuriating <laughs> oh yeah do you um speaking of concerts that we've all been to uh do you remember when uh sent by ravens and all them played at uh what was it harmony harmony church in Sumter. yes dude that was and the power kept going out yeah <laughs> because there was too much rock that's right and that was <laughs> like it was crazy dude that was uh, yeah embracing goodbye great um and, uh my brother's keeper my brother's keeper yep and there, was uh, some dude, other it was, ones. It, there were some other ones thrown in there but those yeah. were the three that were the biggest of that time i believe yeah. that little, when we that had little a, scene was so special man i miss that yeah. Um, just that it was it was the a clump of a clump of those bands that all toured together. They were the rest of them were unsigned. You know, Sent by Ravens had just signed a tooth and nail. Uh so like they're yeah. they're on the it's still underground, but they're on the same label as like Under Oath and Norma Jean. So they're they've made it in our case. But oh, yeah. they're yeah. still touring with these unsigned um quote unquote local bands. I think these guys were from like the area, you know, Georgia, South Carolina, 
North Carolina type thing, Hartsville. Um, But like embracing goodbye, sent by Ravens, my brother's keeper, set apart, all those guys. It was just that time was so special to me. And I hate that it's come and gone. Yeah. Um, and none of those bands exist anymore, I don't think. And uh, mm. But it was just just so fun, man. Those shows were just those amazing. Were fun mm. times. So, Travis, yeah. do you have any last words that you want to say to your soon-to-be fans all over the world uh, here right. in this podcast right now? Do you have any in- inspiring words for them? Um, You know, if you have something that I've... I'm a firm believer that especially with everything that's going on, everything that's coming to light in the world is important. Like art and creative expression is super important. And to like focus on things that, especially with social media, follow things that inspire you. Don't follow like social media influencers. And I hate that term so much, but like, find artists find musicians find things that expire inspire you you know right yeah like um, for sure yeah and uh well, and, cool, dude. Uh, and last but not least where can we find you on on social media let's see me specifically or uh your band see. you both. both yeah let me look at them real quick let's All see right. <laughs> my i know i kind Instagram. of brought you on on flat there so i'm you know oh yeah but, yeah um <laughs> My I I lean on Instagram a lot more than uh, Twitter. Okay. Well, so we're it's uh the Travis it's at the Travis Wayne on Instagram and it's also the Travis Wayne on uh, Facebook. If you find it, the profile picture should be my little Adventure Time style art piece that I had <laughs> made. Nice, so cool. Yeah. And then uh, it's just all caps on Facebook. F A N G S. Um. And then our um, handle on Instagram is at Fangs Band, F-A-N-G-S-B-A-N-D. Okay. Well, cool. And then. Oh, yeah. You guys should come up with an acronym for Fangs, too. Yeah. Uh Uh-uh. Well, Vegas is pretty uh, self-explanatory, so I don't know. I think it'd be like that. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I thought about impl- imploring a, an acronym for our next release title. Yeah. Mm. Guess we'll just have to see how it pans so, out. You know? yeah, it's gonna be sweet. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's gonna well, be sweet. Well, Travis, I thank you very much for coming on the show and um, giving insight about what music is to you. And uh, we greatly appreciate any time you want to come back on. Please, man. You know, yeah. let one of us know. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Awesome. Right. Yeah, dude. All right, y'all. Take it easy. Yeah, man. You've been listening to the When Words Fail, Music Speaks podcast stay tuned for more and thank you for listening